Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you by our friends at Guinness. Make sure you get your match pint predictions in ahead of the Guinness Six Nation Games this weekend. And looking forward to seeing everyone at our sold-out live show in Dublin this week. And good news, some extra tickets have been released for our Six Nations special in Flatiron Square in London next week. We have special guest Stephen Ferris confirmed, and along with uh, Big Jim and Goody, you'll be there as well, boys. Of course. Tickets for that one are on sale on the Flatiron Square website, so check it out on our site social media pages for the link or just google flatiron square rugby pod for all the details wow hey how you been boys take a deep breath he's still breathing (laughs) heavy what have you been doing walking up the steps have you yeah that's it you were almost joining the gym last week how's that gone for you it's nothing's changed although no something has changed actually because of my friends at adidas I've, i've kindly ordered they've kindly allowed me to order some gym gear so it's another step towards joining the gym isn't it double xl obviously yeah i reckon by june i'll have joined a gym I'm not getting involved anymore. There's nothing more can be said or be done, Andy Rose. Just me and you. Triathlon for the Matt Hampson Foundation. We're doing it. We're my doing my it. knee surgeon, Sam Church, has said I can't run. Mate, everyone's you know. got an excuse, haven't they? I uh, went to the Hambo dinner last week, yeah, actually. Was oh, how mate, good was that? Unbelievable. Just gets bigger and bigger. I don't know how it does, but, mate, people getting behind him. All the beneficiaries were on stage. It's one of them where I think I went to the first one. Nine, nine years it's been going for. I think there's been I think nine. It's the tenth this year. Is it? Was. it? Yeah. Mate, either way, there's been a lot. So. You know, the guys and the players who've been on that journey with Hambo have seen how much it's grown. It is massive. And all the beneficiaries were on the stage, actually. So the people that have benefited from the foundation and the money raised. And, you know, when you're there, the inspiration that you get and the feeling of warmth and happiness. And they had the M people singing. Heather Small. Heather Small. What's the song again? Hold on. What have we done today to make me feel proud? proud. We're terrible singers. No, you nailed it. Yeah, it wasn't that one. (laughs) There was another one. No, she did sing that one. Oh, did she? She sang a few. And I'm absolutely steaming at the front of the stage. Are we there? Yeah, I was there. I didn't even see her. I I must have been at the bar. No, you were outside on the vape. (laughs) (laughs) So, tell us about you. I I got in at about three, and the missus next day was like, What time did you get in? I was like, Oh, half 12. She's like, That. Think again. Oh, maybe one. Oh, I fucking heard you booting, up, booting your shoes off and clambering up the stairs at three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the taxi went the wrong way. Oh, um, taxi yours, went... Talk about yours, Jim. Cause... So I fell asleep in the taxi, absolutely ball bagged, and woke up halfway around the M25 just making sure everything's on course. Saying we're on the way to Stansted, because that's where I'm flying from the next day. No, no, he thinks we're going to Heathrow. I am like, Akmash, you've got to turn around, mate. I was like, you need to turn around. Um, That was his name. That was his name. Um, So I said, Akmash, you need to turn around, mate. Get back to Stansted. Get into bed about five o'clock. Absolutely dying. All for you, Hambo. Did you eat your slippers? Matt, I couldn't eat for about two days, so I was ill for about two days after that. Blame the missus. Oh, we went hard. We yeah. went hard, didn't we? It's good yeah. to see some people, actually. Joe Marler was there. Yeah. He got your charity boxing match lined up with him now, haven't we? Oh, I can't wait. You guys have been in the news quite a bit this week, haven't you? Oh, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start with Goody first? Or? Oh, what, why, why have I been in the news? Andy hey. Trump. Andy Trump. Trolling, trolling your way through Twitter. Oh, I, true, I mate, true. I, I don't believe I am, to be honest. And it was interesting. Obviously, I did my piece on... The, the England defeat in Wales and my, my argument was you know obviously Carl Sinclair loses his head a bit momentum definitely shifted in that little five minute period oh mate leave it leave that. it mate <laughs> leave it anyway, it's, it's not the Dave Ward stuff it's my opinion what is it with you and Quinn you Quince, hate Quinn's you always said it was me you must do you must do I don't oh, I love Quinn's I, I don't knew like they'd Dave Ward four. I love it <laughs> I don't like Dave Ward that's it anyway Will Carlin's coming at me all the boys oh. coming at me exactly <laughs> Coming, load of people, come, and then Jamie George does has obviously done an interview, and I think it's a bit naughty from whoever's interviewed him because he's obviously said that I've come out and said England lost the game because of Carl Sinclair, and I've never said that. What I've said it was a contributing factor, and it shifted momentum. And J- Jamie George has come out and gone, oh, well, I don't care what Goody says, it just shows he knows nothing about rugby. Yeah, <laughs> and you sit there and you go, you know. Warren Gatlin said the same thing, so obviously he knows nothing about rugby. Oh, loads of people. Goody. It's not about he, Goody and Gats. I, I know it's not, and what it is though. Am I losing any sleep over Jamie George not caring what I say? No, no but you're eating more, so that's what worries more. me. Is Jamie George bothered by what? No, who cares? Who, you're allowed an opinion. Well, no, Jamie no. said Every- the same. Like, like last year when one of the papers ran a headline about me and Faz, basically saying that the headline was, Farrell is hard work. 
and then went into the article and that as it's actually what i said so again the other media outlets go next interview oh jamie what about what jim said and jamie says something like jim hasn't got a clue what he's talking about which is true to be which, fair. which to be fair <laughs> i rang jamie and said what's all this about and he says well faz is my mate and i was like well very true and like me and Gadu spoke about it on the way up it's very true you stick up for your mates you stick up for your teammates regardless of what people think or people say me and good have always said when you're watching a game it's so easy to critique and pass judgment right one of the things i've always said to goody as well does it very differently to me is he says what a lot of people are thinking but don't really want to say to upset the fish cart you know it's the, fi- the fish cart yeah so, what, what does that mean well, a big cart that carries smelly fish that people don't want to be near you mean upset the apple cart well no one wants to be around by apples <laughs> apples are okay <laughs> so you know goody says that and absolutely loves it i just say what i think and what i see and i'm just gonna write my opinion you can agree with it or you cannot so i don't really get that bothered about stuff you know i just kind of say it and say what i'm thinking and try and have a crap life's about smiling and having fun and, and and doing them things and you know i'm making waves in national media as well and it's just well, you know, it's I, I, off a of, off of water's back, you know? I've heard that. Off of, mate, genuinely, I, I'm not... It's off ma- the water's back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like water Someone's off like, a, where off are you getting this? Mate, they just literally roll off the top. I don't know. I don't know. I think what you've done is heard loads of different ones and just merged them together. Mm-hmm. And pe- people love it. I was on the train on the way home the other day and someone came up to me and I was reading the newspaper and someone said, are you dissecting that with an open cloth? <laughs> I'm just like, and I, I was like, "What's he on about?" And then I realised that obviously it was the uh, idiotic thing that Jim said. You're not the only one that's been in the headlines this week, Jim. What's going on at oh, Saracens, mate? Oh. So I've read know. a tweet from you. Go All on. I can say is Saracens is full of great people and do everything legally. What is legally in your description, James? But I don't even know. I don't <laughs> so even. So what know. are you tweeting about it? Just you said you're not bothered, mate. You ain't bothered. I, ju- I, ju- I just, I just think I've just got to get my. I've just got to get the word out there. A lot of people coming at me talking about houses and equity companies stuff that is way over my head i don't know I, I, all this stuff's coming out in the media andy wrote as we know about yeah. saracens and the salary cap and you know nigel ray going into business with the guys as far as i'm seeing i can't see a problem with it i don't i don't really know what what the big issue is and i've been brought into it by renting a house off nigel ray so you did rent a house off nigel ray and paid full whack what's full whack for a house in harpenden what's full whack 50 quid a month is that about four weeks? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but seriously. Mate, I swear. Oh, it doesn't matter. This is what I mean. This is I'm not massively bothered about it all. Like people are making a big, big thing about it. I'm looking at I'm like, in my opinion, again, only my opinion, I don't think it's a big deal. I can only go from my time at Saracens and working with the Academy, working with Nigel Ray and Lucy Ray and people involved in the club, that there's great people in the club and their system and their product that they've got in terms of the pathway for players is better than any other club in the country. I'm sure with the amount of players that have come through the academy, they get credits for that as well. Yeah. I think they've got the, the highest number of homegrown players playing for Saracens that are English. Yeah. You know, so again, I don't know what all the permutations are with that, how much they how much they get from, you know, England or, yeah. or Premier Rugby I mean, and all these things. Th- th- this is the thing. Going through, and I've been through the sure re- you have. regulations for the, the salary cap. I'm, I'm in the same camp as Jim here. And just by the way, are you still employed by Saracens, James? No, I'm not. Oh, so you, what he wants is he wants a job again. That's why he's <laughs> saying it. But you go through it, and I've questioned, I've not questioned Saracens breaking the salary cap in this. I've questioned what is the point of the salary cap? You know, is it something that is stringently being looked at? Then you read all the guidelines and the regulations and what happens. So much grey area in there. Oh, there's one thing in there about, so if you're, it says, if you're wearing your club apparel or club, training gear or whatever it would more more than likely be considered under the salary cap if you're not if you're in shorts and a t-shirt that aren't anything to do with a club they could argue that's not under the salary cap so there's loads of different permutations and saracens ultimately saracens main goal for years now is to be the best club in europe and the best club in england and i think the issue is other clubs have looked at the salary cap and said we will not break the salary cap we will not even question those gray areas we're going playing by the laws by the book whatever it is. And you've seen a couple of clubs have been fined for slight overspends or whatever. But what Saracens do, is it illegal? It's not illegal because they're not breaking the the law in England. But what it is, is all these clubs have signed up to the salary cap and being constrained by the regulations within the salary cap. And Nigel Ray and other serious board members at Saracens, you don't become that successful, that rich, have all the properties, 
that good in business without having good people around you being able to pick holes and things that benefit the club. Is the salary cap there? And I get the principle of the salary cap. You know, when the game turned professional, loads of clubs went bust because they spent what they didn't have. And that's part of the reason the salary cap was there to prevent that from happening. And as professional rugby has evolved over the 20 years it's been professional, 22 years, however long it is now, and the salary cap has changed and gone bigger, I've been privy to a lot of conversations with a lot of different clubs about my contract and my personal experience. And some clubs are straight down the line saying, we will only pay you in salary, pay as you earn. Other clubs will say, well, we can pay you this on that, we can pay you image rights on that, we can do that. And they're just contract negotiations. So every club does it differently. There's no right or wrong answer. The, the, the issue for me is Premiership Rugby, is it there? And if it's there, they need simpler guidelines. And if it's there to be stringently looked at, if you go into a court of law, there's restriction of trade. Premiership Rugby are restricting clubs from paying players and, and players earning money by saying they can only earn you can only spend X amount on your squad. And of course there's a ceiling because you've got take out the the two marquee players, even there's restrictions on those, but then you've got all the credits, you've got seven million plus credits plus injury dispensation and all that stuff. So at some point there is a ceiling, say it's nine million. Nine million, quid. yeah. They're still restricting a club like Saracens or Wasps or any club spending over that. No one's saying that you're looking at that Saracens squad now with all the stars they've got that they can literally say, you know, honestly, we're, we're paying them less than seven million quid. So that's why there's question marks. I was going to say, but everyone's talking about this grey area. And again, I was getting a barrel of abuse on Twitter. Good. Because I put I'm legally... Glad you did, Welcome to my inverted world. commas. Nice. In, 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 they, they're called commas. So yeah. I put them inside that. Not commas, they're inverted commas, James. Inverted commas. So I've put them inside that just to cover my back. Surely to be the most successful players, organisations... They're, they're the places you need to go. It's like when you want to win on win on the pitch. If you're straight down the line, there's likelihood is you're not going to win games. You've got to be right on the edge. And this is probably a, a rubbish analogy, again, because superficially is all I know about it. I don't know anything deeper than what I'm talking about here, which could be utter rubbish. But it just it just annoys me that someone's making if they, if they're not doing anything wrong and everything's out there in the public domain. Nigel Ray's a very successful guy. He's a smart guy. Very. They're a smart club with all that success. Why would they want to put that in jeopardy? Like they wouldn't, would they? So people are getting pissed off with it because they're doing things to the limit and. They, they found who, who they, published it. The Mail. Yeah. Why have the Mail done that then? The Daily Mail broke it. And Laura Lambert has obviously she's done a fantastic piece on it. People want to people want to hear about this stuff. There's loads of chat about it around the game of rugby. Of course, Saracens don't want to be in the in the limelight in the spotlight for it. But it's them just asking questions and posing questions. And they phoned me up because I did my bit on rugby pass and, and spoke about it. And my my challenge is is not to Saracens because Nigel Ray and and the people at the club are going to have some very influential and very intelligent lawyers looking at all this to say what they can and can't do. He's not just going to throw a number in the air and go, oh, we'll just do that because of that reason. Because mm. that's what Faz wants, Faz Investments or Wiggy Get Construction it. or whatever Get it was. It. But you sit there and you go, Premiership Rugby need to make a decision. Either it's there for a reason and it's cleared up or just crack on, boys, pay what you want. Because um, this broke on the Daily Mail, didn't it? Yes, Have it they was. been in touch? Or? There, there's a mole somewhere. Do you know where the beaver is or not, Goody? Well, so I, yeah, they phoned me, the Daily Mail phoned me up and asked me because of my column. And they've actually, so Laura Lambert said uh, she wants to speak to James. Yeah. She sent me an email and said, uh, can we speak to Jim Hamilton about living rent-free in Nigel Ray's house? Speak to my lawyers. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to do some study before <laughs> I've you... I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> speak to my fucking lawyers. What have you guys made of the, the World League that's come out, uh, the, the proposed World League? Bill Bowman says there's going to be emergency meeting um, on that on the proposals uh, with the Tier 1 nations, Japan and Fiji. What do you make of the leaked proposal that's emerged since then? Well, Bill followed me on Twitter, so he clearly wants to know my thoughts and my feelings on this. Does he, James? He must do. He followed me. Would you be in favour of it or no? Yeah, I don't know. I think World Rugby's in a, a weird place at the minute, isn't it? You've got to remember, without being too much of a nause, that the game is relatively new still. Still trying to find its feet teething problems. It's in its embryonic stage, James. I was looking for such a good word. I just couldn't think of anything biological. <laughs> it's new. A lot of money's come into the game. The game's changed a lot, and other teams and other nations are getting left behind. It's becoming less competitive between the Tier 1 and Tier 2 nations, and, and, and we're going to speak about it here. The biggest thing out, out of all of it is around the Pacific Islander teams because they're the teams that produce the best rugby players in the world, hands down. There's no argument with that. You look at the best players in the world... Are you an eighth Tongan, Jim, or what are you? I'd say 
Sam Owen. I had this conversation with Billy. He, Who, who's Sam Owen? Sam Owen, that's what they call oh, me. Oh, Sam Owen. So they, they have, so basically, and I had this conversation with Billy, you're either an Uso, Samoan, you're a Doko, which is Tong, Tongan. What's a Toko? I can't think. It's a Doko, Toko, because I don't know. I'm one of them anyway. I'll be, I'll be a bro. What's a bro? Short for brother, mate. Oh God, man, it's just so difficult. But for me, it's a, a real shame, you know. And, and I, I really, really hope that it doesn't happen. I mean, I sit there and you, you look at it, and it's it's a leaked document that they've talked about. Nothing officials come from World Rugby. Who's leaked it? It was in New Zealand. It came out in the New Zealand press. Didn't oh, it? Yeah, New Zealand Herald. You Kiwis. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, and it's you know, uh, I know Bill Beaumont's come out and, and made a statement saying he's going to have a emergency meeting with all the... With none of the people that are affected by it. Yeah. If you're having a World League, you can't have a World League and not include Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, Georgia are in the conversation. You know, and what impact does it have on the World Cup as well? The World Cup is the showpiece in rugby every four years. Does it? Does having a World League then dilute that? There's so many things. There are obviously conversations that have happened about how to grow the game. What I'm saying is, if you're having a 12-team World League, split it into two conferences, have a twenty-team World League, and e- include everyone. Because with um, that becomes the the commercial side of it. And again, I don't really know. I'm just going on what I think it might be. A Fiji going to have the opportunity to come over and play England in a Test match in a November autumn series. I don't. Know, I don't know what the permutations yeah. will so be. So would Fiji get a chance to have a crack at France and beat France and France? For example, that's which the they example. did, and I loved it. Go mm. on, Fiji. Oh mate, yeah, go mate. on, Fiji. They so beat France in France at the Stade yeah. de France. Oh mate, leave it about the oh, French. Sorry, still, sorry. we're on a different. <laughs> no, no, no. We need to get the accent in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at it, and that that's my thing. And again, having played with South Sea Islanders, great human beings, and keep, as I keep say, the boxers on in the shower. Yeah, of course they do. Keep pants on. I don't know cultural thing, Goody. Yeah, I'm not judging. <laughs> And as I said, the best rugby players in the world. So when the New Zealand press came out, they ju- they might have jumped the gun a little bit. Gospers come out, uh, Peshots come out as well, um, and they've all said that they wouldn't be locked into that twelve year deal with no promotion relegation, and there there would be promotion relegation with the Pacific Islanders. Uh, it's all conjecture at the minute, isn't it? Because there's there's what? nothing conjecture. Okay, is that okay? You happy with that? I've never heard of that in my life. Never heard that word ever. Come get you, I've heard of that. <laughs> um, anyway, the, 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 these are conversations that happen. The interesting thing for me, uh, and you talk about it, you know, rumours flying around, social media now circulate, someone broke a story, and it used to be, you go back 15 years, you pick up the newspaper, read it in the newspaper, and there wasn't social media, so it didn't snowball, it was just, that was what was said, and that was okay. Now, because of social media, everyone's chucking a little bit in here and going, oh, the Tongans can't come in and the Fijians and the Samoans and it's going to be no promotion really. We're, we're talking at the minute about something that hasn't even happened and the one big thing for me is Augustin Pichot is on the board of USA Rugby. I don't know how that works when you're involved with World Rugby. Is there a conflict of interest there as well? If you are thinking about shutting out certain countries but you're promoting a country that's lower in the rankings than others. So Bill's going to sit down, Sir Bill Beaumont will sit down with all the tier one nations and he should invite every nation to that and say these are the conversations we're having I'll go go. these are the conversations we've had Um, these are our thoughts and at some point we want to make a world league if that's the direction world rugby want to go in and there's going to be times when we can all have our input and how it's going to work it can't be a closed shop bottom line cannot be if you're going to come up with something new like this because they always talk about growing the game globally not just growing the game in New Zealand Australia all those 10 nations plus Japan and, and, and USA that have been mentioned you've got to grow the game you know, look at the Georgians, they're filling England in at training last I mean, week. Look at Brazil. Brazil, best scrimmage team in the world. The other big talking point out of that whole story was the players and the players not happy with the amount of games that they'd have to play. And we hear that all the time, don't we, about player burnout? Oh, 100%. And How much of a say do, they, do you think the players actually have? Well, I think it's not the say, it's the profile that they, that they bring with that. And I agree with Faz. You heard it here first. Too many games. You can't. There was talk of five games being played in the autumn. That is, is it's ridiculous. And the thing that gets me, and we had this chat about Finn Russell, completely different conversation in terms of a six-day turnaround. Everyone's talking about player welfare, right? For me personally, I mean, it's been two years since I, I played, so a long time ago. Lots changed since then. When I played, I was like, "There's too many games. You know, the game's so much more physical now. You look at the internationals now; it's ridiculous." It's ridiculous how physical these games are. The, the collisions, the speed, the constant time that the ball's in play now. It, it's a completely different game. And I just think to keep adding to that is, I just don't, I just, I just don't get it. 
And it's clearly money. It's it's a money driven reason. There's no other reason, is there? And I, again, believe it or not, I don't really know what I'm talking about. It's all commerciality. Also. Yes, that's the word. You know, it, is it a pipe dream? Is it something that's being discussed and find the best way forward? It's not going to happen. I think over time something will happen, but how you get to that point, and and I completely agree with everything. Jim and every player's ever said, you can't play the amount of rugby they're playing at the minute. 25 games now, and the way the game's going, 25 games at top, top level games I'm talking about, so internationals and Champions Cup and top at premiership games, you don't need all the other stuff as well on top of that. So it's, it's uh, the only way it's going if you're playing that much rugby is, you know, you're not, players are going to play for about three or four years and then be on the scrap heap with James and myself. Speaking of the proposed World League and talk of the Pacific Island nations being excluded from it, I caught up with Dan Leo recently for our Superfan subscription service on Patreon.com and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of what he had to say. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. You played in um, two World Cups, didn't you? And then you retired before, just before the 2015 one. What are you doing? I probably, probably, you know, jumped before I was pushed. I think. Oh, really? In terms of the uh, of the last one, yeah. So you didn't think I played you in 2014. Yeah, my last game was here in, uh, at Twickenham in 2014, and we um, and I was part of. Uh, I guess myself and the other senior players were, were part of a, um, you know, a player rebellion. I guess you'd probably call it, but uh, really, um, it was it was a movement aimed at. Uh, was that um, when there was a strike? Yeah, so so I was at the heart of that. Uh, we were we were we were threatening to strike. We we felt like we had no other options. Um, there was um, yeah some some internal stuff going on um, that was that was quite heavy. Talk me through it. Yeah, well, in 2011, uh, well, 2007 and 11, the, the World Cups that I played at, you know, there was there was always sort of um, underlying uh, issues with um, you know money going missing with the Samoan Rugby Union. In 2011, our captain, Mohanri Schwalga, came out and spoke about it. He said, look, we've seen it. We've been part of, you know, pushing wheelbarrows down the street, public filling them up with cash. Where's this cash gone? Because, uh, you know, there was in the vicinity of about six million tala, which is, you know, over a million pounds, close to two million pounds um, was raised. But we didn't see any of that in terms of, you know, we're still turning up to, to trainings with, without balls, without uh, without training kit. Um, so there was just no evidence of that, you know, of the of the fundraisings that, that have been happening. And th- those are our families. Those are our, you know, our friends who have been donating that money. Um, but we just didn't have the proof. Um, so Mahonri Swalga sort of came out and, and said 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 something and publicly with uh, John Campbell and those guys. And then on top of that, you've got the constant request for, for the New Zealand Rugby Union, and other rugby unions, to do more for Samoan rugby, yep. and so they should. But it's like, why would we? Why would exactly, we? Yeah, with yeah, that sort yeah, of thing yeah, that's going yeah, on behind yeah, that. No, exactly. You know, it's, uh, you know, the old saying: you've got to be faithful with the, the small that you small things you are given before you can yeah. ask for, for 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 more. And we didn't see that happening with the with yeah. the Pacific, yeah, with, uh, with with Samoa. Um, Henry Swalga came out and sort of went public with it, and uh, and he was axed in the next uh, from the captaincy and from his position in, in the team. So we've seen that that happening, and um, and then in two thousand sort of roll on two thousand fourteen, um, one of the accountants I think was sacked from the Samoan Rugby Union, and he approached uh, David Lemmy and myself were you know uh, were, were the um, senior players at the time, him being captain, myself vice captain, and uh, this 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 guy um, that's left the Samoan Union and his and his anger has given us all of the documentation um, and and the proof you know it was the internal audit that from the two thousand eleven World Cup that hadn't been made public. Um, it had been suppressed by the by the Samoan government, and he's given us a copy of that, and it's just listed. And, and within that, it's just you know a hundred thousand uh, spent on a board member's hotel, twenty five receipt books uh, just just missing. So there was no accounts of how much cash had actually come in from the donations. So no one knew how much had gone missing. Uh, yeah, just uh, page after page of corruptions. You know, putting it putting it pretty um, you know pretty harshly, but definitely mismanagement of those funds. And uh, yeah, we just didn't think it was right. So we were about to play England. We we're a week out from playing England here, um, and we've been presented with this document and uh, gone to sort of the team with it. Asked the team, what what, what are we going to do about this? We can either let it go and pass this back on to somebody else to deal with, or we can we can try and deal with this now as a team. Because um, as you know, in that situation, is the only real leverage uh, you've got uh, as a player is is not to play, unfortunately, and. Um, so we wrote, we drafted a letter um, to the Samoan Rugby Union saying, "Look, these are the signatories uh, on this, on all this cash going missing. We want those guys uh, to resign. We're going to ask for their resignations. Otherwise, uh, we're not going to take the field this week uh, against England." So it obviously that was, you know, it, it all blew up. I guess the, the power in playing England was all the focus of the world media was, yeah, was on yeah. it. Yeah, so it was um, tough times, tough times, and you know, because I was involved in all of that. Um, it was it was very tough for them to, to so I, was, I sort of got cast uh, uh, you know and myself and others got sort of cast as uh, as, as troublemakers within mm. the squad so roll up roll on 2015 World Cup they just thought 
geez, it's just going to be easier for us. You know, I think they, they just wanted a clean slate, which is fair enough. You know, we, we knew at the time what we were, what we were getting, uh, getting involved in. Mm. Um, but you know, we, uh, for me, Personally, you know, I played at two World Cups and I felt like, no, the, the time was then to make a stance. And I think it's every player's, um, you know, ambition is to leave the team that you join uh, in a better place by time by time you leave. And, um, you know, I might not have done that so much on the field, but, you know, um, the legacy you know, that myself, Mahonri Shroga, uh, Eliotto Sapolo and other senior players as well that, um, you know, Selala uh, Mapusua were able to do and, and sort of... Uh, Raising those, uh, raising those issues was, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, increasing the transparency and, and leaving the, the, the Samoan team in a better place off the field. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Well, more changes uh, coming up uh, with Wales, uh, the, the merger. Ospreys. More, more news. More, more news, mate. More, more news a, for you. It's a big week of breaking news, isn't it, James? Scarlets and Ospreys creating a, a, a new club or merging uh, in the Scarpreys. North Wales. Or Oslets. Oh, I tried to get it out. I couldn't get Oslets. it out. Yeah, what's better, Oslets or Scarpreys? Oslets, mate. Sounds Ospreys. so cool. It's amazing, though. Isn't it? I mean, you think about it. Wales are play three-one-three on their best ever run as a national team. Only contenders for the Grand Slam now. Yet, look at the state of the regions and and what's happening. It's such a shame. And I don't know what is it mismanagement. I don't know what it is. They've got no money. They've got no fans. That's what. It. No well, true. Well, Goody said it. They've got no money. They've got no fans. You can look at the games. I, I I can't believe it when I'm watching it sometimes and commentated on it a few times. How empty the stadiums are. Yet rugby is the number one sport in Wales. Yeah. Apparently, the club game is quite big. Well, someone that can tell us a little bit more about it is former Ospreys coach Sean Holly on the line. Thanks for joining us, Sean. Hey boys, how you doing? How are we, Sean? Well, we're in the doldrums at the moment, that's for sure. Oh, well, you need <laughs> to sing us a song to make us all feel better. Oh, feed me till I want no more. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you sound man down. Is it, are, yeah. are, you, are you ill or is it to do with all this stuff that is breaking news? Yeah. I'm sapped, mate, a little bit. We're men down here in South Wales. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking news for, for people, certainly in the area I live. Um, uh, you know, myself, I coach the Ospreys for... For nearly 10 years, it's, uh, I still live in Australia, as they like to call it. And it's um, it's desperate news down here at the moment because there's a lot of people who have invested a lot of time, emotion and energy in, into the, the region, which was a heartbreaking time back in 2003 because it was the forming of Neath and Swansea coming together. So it's history repeating itself, uh, obviously, along with Celtic Warriors being disbanded a year after that. So... Yeah, it's there's a lot of concern down here, and I've been listening to you boys. Um, you know, you're hitting the nail on the head. We, our crowds are, are diminishing. Uh, we lack investment here in Wales. You know, um, we don't have that sort of hard-hitting business uh, down here, particularly in West Wales. And um, you know, they're having to do something about it because they seemingly can't sustain four regions. So what what they're saying is that that it's definitely going ahead. Is it this merger between the Ospreys and Scarlets? It's rumour, or where, where do you sit with it all in terms of the actual whether it's happening or not? Well, Goody, you, on a South Wales, Welsh rugby has been like this since I was a kid in school. There's been rumours sort of rumbling around for the last couple of weeks. Um, initially, Project Reset was to look at restructuring in terms of funding and banding of player contracts. Um, but that seems to have escalated with um, the concerns of the financial state of some of the regions. Now, they clearly, they being the Welsh Rugby Union, uh, clearly want to, to put some sort of development hub up in North Wales. They have a, a vested interest in the Dragons, who are the, the worst performing regions since 2003. Um, so they will survive because of that. And of course, they sit on prime real estate there in Rodney Parade. Uh, the Cardiff Blues are a city club and seemingly are okay because they're announcing signage here. And then, so that leaves the two West Wales regions. Now, it was originally muted and rumoured that an Ospreys-Cardiff Blues merger was on the table, but that's been poo-pooed and uh, the Ospreys came out with a stance to say that's not happening, we stand alone. But that was just last week during and after the Munster game. But I think as uh, as of today, they are currently in a, 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 PR, a professional rugby board, a PRB meeting, all the stakeholders, and I've just learned that Ospreys chairman Mike James has resigned saying that um, it's not Project Reset, it's Project Inept, and he's criticised the WRU. So we don't know yet, boys. We're awaiting an official statement. Uh, apparently that's to come on Sunday. But you've got to feel for the players in all of this, you know, particularly the international ones. You've got people like Ken Owens and Alan Wynne-Jones have been locking horns regionally, and now 
they could be playing together, but Alan Wynn is our best player and he, he, he hasn't got a contract yet. Well, I just saw that um, the same as you, that, that, that he's gone and, and that he's, he's resigned as chairman. But did I read somewhere as well that they're, they're wanting to launch a team in North Wales as well? Yeah. Now, a couple of years ago, RGC Rugby Gogleth Cymru, which is essentially North Wales Rugby Translation, was formed um, as a, a development area for young players. You know, and that's gone pretty well in the Welsh club game. Mark Jones, the former Wales wing, is up there uh, coaching with Phil John, the former Scarlet's prop, and they've got, they've done a, a pretty good job. And of course, George North and, and, and a few others uh, obviously come from that area. But it's at Welsh Premiership level and the level of support up there is still under question there's a, a train of thought that there could be possibly some more investment in that area because it's a pretty untapped area and of course you're close to the Cheshire border but you know again people in Southwood are very sceptical of that the North Wales are really hungry for it but it seems that they want to push that uh, and give it a go and spread the word in the north uh, have they got electricity up in the north of Wales yet or not <laughs> I won't know. Sorry, mate. One, one thing I will say, Jim, is when, whenever you go up there, because they've based in the twenties games up there recently, and whenever you go up there, there is an appetite from from North Wales. You know, they're very proud up there. It's just whether the, the game is strong enough up there, and there's enough players um, to fuel the game, because obviously it's a strong football area as well. And then when you're looking at it now, obviously there's been. For years, there's been a debate between the WRU and there's been loads of things said in the press. How mad is it that off the field for the regions, it's really struggling, yet on the field with Gats and the run that on at the minute, it's the most successful period for an international team. Is it the whole thing? You go back to Will Carlin. Is it the wrong people, 57 old farts that are, are running the game or, or what's the issue there at board level? It's a, it's a good question because they're almost a little bit untouchable and actually the union have kept their counsel through all of this. Gats came out today and said, look, a lot of criticism has been levelled at the Welsh Rugby Union, but it's the regions that are pushing this. I liken it a little bit to English cricket. You know, that's the way I'm, I'm seeing it at the moment. You've got English cricket is really strong at international level. You seem to have players, young players that come through and play international cricket really quickly, people like Alistair Cook, but then very rarely play for their county and nobody yeah. watches county cricket, you know? And, and it kills me because... You know, you think even back to around about 2008, 2009, we were getting 15,000, 16,000 for European Games at the Ospreys, 20,000 every Boxing Day for Scarlet Derby and down there. But it's just it's just declined rapidly in the last three, four, five years. And I know, you, you know, people will say Swansea City got the Premiership, Cardiff City in the Premiership, and it is a strong soccer uh, um, support in South Wales. But the club game is dying as well. People, the clubs can't get second teams, they can't get youth teams. So there's a real problem across Welsh rugby. Kids are doing other things. If they don't make it into the regional under 16s, 18s, they're going off and doing another sport or they're working in shops or going to gyms and doing something different. And we, we've got to do something about it. Gut feeling, Sean? I know you mentioned Sunday they've got a meeting, but what's your gut feeling on, on how this is going to unfold? May I think it's there's no smoke without fire being involved in so many of these. I think we're looking at a Scarlet Ospreys merger and, and they will, people will be up in arms. Uh, there'll be a whole generation of new fans that will be ostracised, much like the Celtic Warriors. And uh, I think they're going to push ahead with the North Wales and the Dragons and the Blues will survive. So whatever they call it, we're going to have to get behind West Wales Warriors or something like that. Mate, we're not at the point of joking about the names yet, else I'd love to have a go at that with you. But, um, you mate, we'll chat a little bit about Ruggers. Big game at the weekend. Uh, Wales on for a Grand Slam. And I apologise to the millions of Wales listeners last week, Sean, because I didn't think they'd, be, they'd do as well as they have. Well, Jim said you'd come fifth, but, you know. I said fourth. <laughs> fourth or fifth. But, mate, they've not suppressed expectation, but they've come in under the radar. Just your thoughts on the weekend against Scotland? I think it's going to be really, really tough. I really do. Warren Gatlin's got a great record against Scotland. We coped very comfortably last year and in the autumn with them. But this is a different game, different circumstances. You know, the players are under a bit of duress in terms of what's going on because Alan Wynn is heavily involved. Ken Owens is the is the the lead spokesman for the players in all of this. But you know, these are tough boys. They're brave boys as they showed the other weekend against England they're on a big run they, they may turn it round in terms of adversity and use it as a bit of a catalyst Scotland I think are, are, are underachieving at the moment with Finn Russell back they're going to be difficult 
But I, I think we'll squeeze through and, and set up a massive final weekend. That would be class. All right, Sean, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, boys. Cheers, Sean. Thanks for coming on, mate. He's a top man. Good lad. Yeah, he's a really good lad. I've done a few dinners with him. And he's brilliant. I, I've worked with him um, doing commentary this season, some stuff that I've done for Premier Sports, and so knowledgeable about the game. But with that came so much humility. So he'd all, he like, put his arm out like, right, your turn. Your, your turn to kind of speak. He could have just gone on the whole... I could have listened to him the whole time when he spoke about the teams that were playing, his understanding, of it, not just of the Welsh players and the Welsh teams, but also the Scottish teams. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed his company yeah. and the stuff that I've done. Heard he's a funny bugger as well. Yeah, he is. He's but seen... he sounded down, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a, he's been a massive part of the Ospreys. So you go back to their successful periods where they made the knockout stages of Europe and... We had some massive ding-dongs with him when I was at Leicester. He's a quality coach, and he, you can see and hear in his voice how much he cares about the Ospreys. And let's not forget, the Ospreys now, where they're at, that was a merger, as he said originally, between Neath and Swansea. I remember my debut in 98. It was when Cardiff and Swansea weren't in the Welsh League at the time. They played the, and this is way before your time. Oh, God, Pontypool. Pontypool's <laughs> League. So you had, they, they played... Uh, all the shadow fixtures for the Premiership. So these issues have been around Welsh rugby for a long time and there was a lot of pain, a lot of heartache when Swansea and Neath merged to make the Ospreys. And now it looks like they're merging them again with the Scarlets. And these are massive rivalries from back in the day that people like Sean, it meant a hell of a lot to. And you can just hear in his voice and you can hear what he's saying about you know people in, aren't getting behind club rugby anymore. You know, There's not many people going to watch the Welsh regions in the Pro 14. And like Jim said, it is a passion that is there or was their number one sport, and they've now got two pretty decent football clubs that have been involved in in, in the Premier League, and rugby's taken a hit there, and the difference is, club game's struggling, international game's going well, there's got to be some middle value where, you know, you can work together and, uh, you know, save club rugby in Wales and, and keep them competitive, because ultimately, if there's no competition within the regions and there's no decent rugby being played, long term, it'll affect the national team. Isn't rugby in a shit state at the minute? Look at us talking... I feel I feel down as anything good. There's only I reckon there's three people that can sort this shit out. Go on. We're sat in this room, guys. <laughs> We're sat here. I'm looking at Andy Rowe, not a fucking clue. I'm looking at Goody. Ain't got long left in him. Thinking of me, motivated, influential, adrenaline junkie. Talk shit. Well what would Mate, you do? Well, I I put a crate of beers, crate of beers, crate of beers. I'd put a great <laughs> I'd put a crate of beers in front. A fish cat. A fish cart. A fish cart full of beers. An open cloth. We'd bring your open cloth and we'd dissect everything that's <laughs> going on. Grab the ball on. by the horns. Exactly. Yeah. What harm could that do? It's we, an absolute shit show. At you, the can't, minute. you can't upset the fish cart, that's all I'm saying, AJ. Mate, you can't. You it'd, can't. Be, it'd be smelly. You could all come hey. and live with me. It'd be £50 a month. I mean, we'd be absolutely <laughs> flying. Are the kids there? Are all four kids no, going to be there? No, there's no kids at all. We Not take, that you know of. We take Goody's phone off him, so there's no social media, so there's no more, you can't cause a stir. He um, didn't sound that confident about the, the game this weekend either. What, what were your thoughts on that? Well, for them reasons. That's why I didn't even think about it like that. You know, Ken Owens has come out on the news. I have just saw it as we were doing the podcast. I've not read it properly um, in terms of his anger. I don't know. If you want to talk a little bit about the game, Scotland need a big performance. And you talk about the games that have gone past. You know, Wales actually didn't play that well up to the game that they played against England. But the passion that they showed at home it's what Scotland need to show when they play Wales on Saturday. You tell them, Jim. I'm going to go up there. Arou- You're going to do the team talk? An arousing speech. I'm going to An go arousing speech. <laughs> go <up there. laughs> An arousing speech. They're going. Is everyone going to get horny? Well, I'm sure they will. <laughs> Fired up. Do you mean a rousing speech? What's the same thing? Well, it's not Jim's the same bedtime thing. stories. Oh, yeah. uh, you take it into <laughs> the change room for the game. Patreon.com. So talking to Patreon, I did a read about a game played against Wales. Jeffrey Bungle. The Jeffrey Bungle story. Anyway, you have to download Patreon. Yeah, so I think Scotland need to pull a performance out emotionally out the bag. I was there for the yeah, Ireland pull, game. Pull, pull one off after being aroused. Okay. They were easy, simple. I, I'm going to the game, bringing the kids, <laughs> believe it or not, with the older two, leaving the twins at home. Imagine bringing them to a game of ruggers, <laughs> screaming the house down. So going with the family, going to go and watch. My appetite for rugby's back after nearly two years out of the game. I wasn't interested before. Now I'm going to go watch the game. Are you going shoot. as a fan or are you going to work? I'm going as a fan. Well, I'm working as well oh, for Royal Bank. But no, but I'm but I'm only doing that before and after. And I just want to see Scotland do what they did against England last year in terms of emotion. Because ultimately, Six Nations is... Well, it's not done, is it? But I thought they would have done a bit better this year. A lot of injuries. Finn's back. 
Hamish Watson back in the squad, WP Nelsfoot, yeah, Barclays training with the boys. Back, yeah, yeah getting some boys back. They are. Um, Please come on, Scotland. But Wales, they're going for the Grand Slam. How do you think it's going to pan out? My heart says Scotland going to win. My head's unsure. I just don't know because Scotland haven't played that well, and Finn wasn't fit in Paris. They didn't play that well against Ireland. You know, Johnny Gray's making his fiftieth cap along with Tommy Seymour so there's that added emotion and the atmosphere will be good so so I think Scotland got a chance I really really do I think that they've got a big performance in, in them and they need to show the desperation that Wales showed against England and England showed against Ireland in week one and one of the big things that I like seeing the team come out was that Bigger is still on the bench so they've only made one change haven't they it's interesting that isn't it it's the style they want to play isn't it they're saying that they're not attacking though Right. Wales, you, you watch the way Wales have played, it's a war. You know, against France, it wasn't great. Against Italy, it wasn't free-flowing attacking rugby. Against England, it was a gain-line war. So you didn't see any frills from, from Anscombe because it's not how they played. Wales kicked the ball more than England and everyone berated England's kicking game. And rightly so, because it was inaccurate and it wasn't anywhere near as um, influential as it was in the first two games. They, I, I look at it and it's Gatland's last six nations. They're the only team that can win the Grand Slam. Going away to Scotland, we know the way Scotland play and, and want to play. And, you know, if they get their mojo going and Finn Russell's firing out 30 yard passes that are an inch over a, an intercept and it goes to a try the other end, you can see Scotland having a proper crack here. And that's why I'm very surprised that Bigger isn't starting. And I could actually see with Anscombe at 10, I'll probably end up e- eating my slippers, as Jim says, or eating my words. I can see Scotland winning it now. But oh. big, I want, I desperately want Scotland to win. And it's not that I don't like the Welsh because. Well, I don't, but I want England to win the Six Nations, and by doing that, Wales need to lose. Well, they've got Italy this weekend. Yep. Do you see a load of changes coming? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because playing against Italy, two years ago at Twickenham, the Fox came out, and no one knew what the Fox to do, did they? Uh, when Italy were there with their rock gate, as it was called, until half-time, and Eddie changed, Eddie changed things and told them what to do. So Italy are going to come, and let's, let's not disrespect Italy. They're not the walkover that people think they are. So that you know, they scored a few late tries against Scotland. They were made it awkward for Wales and Ireland. Can they beat England? No, I don't think they can. What I know Eddie Jones needs is two five-point victories and hope that Wales lose, then we win the championship. So does he make a few changes? I can see mm. the odd change. I can see potentially Brad Shields getting a game. Why? Because he likes him, doesn't he? Right. And I, 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 would I make changes? Mate, you can't. It's one of them where it's... A, I don't think so, no. Yeah, because it, it's... You, you look at it now. Any team that makes loads of changes, saw that. Ireland made a load of changes against them, didn't they? Yeah. And it doesn't matter how good you are. It's If you make a load of changes, you're never going to play at the level. You're almost... You know, it's not going to be a disaster for England. They're just not going to play as well as they would. Not because the players maybe aren't as good, just the cohesion and everything. And they got battered by Georgia last week in the final. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I asked Wig about that. I did an interview with Roundtree on rugbypass.com. And he basically said that the Georgians floored them all. He said they're all <laughs> wiped the floor with them. So you'll have to read the article. Would that show you whether or not they've got an eye on the World Cup or they've got their eye firmly on the Six Nations, depending on how many changes they make? I think whatever team Eddie Jones picks, you can make a case for he's looking at the World Cup or he's looking at win the Six Nations. So if he picks the same team, it's all about winning. Well, the 2003 England team was the last team to win the home tournament and the World Cup. Every single week you bring just something... Thank so, you. So you're talking about all the, the winners of... All the World Cup winners. Yeah. England were the last ones to win their home tournament in 2003. Did Tim, the producer, give you that stat? Or? I just know because we've lost all our tournaments, or New Zealand has. I'll give you a bit of respect for that now. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll make many changes. Um, Dan Robson at nine, maybe. I don't think he'll start him. Genji? I don't know. I, just something. I think they need something. He, he didn't trust his bench at all against Wales, did he? Why are you being horrible to Eddie, mate? You, know, you've just, only, you only lost one game. Like, you know, no, I'm stop. just saying, he calls them finishers, but he didn't trust them against against Wales because you know he, he sent Harry Williams on because Sinkford lost his head, and the rest of them were just purely by injuries or the last sort of second plays. Well, France haven't made any changes ahead of their game against Ireland. What do you think we'll see from those guys? I think uh, it is because it away no, no chance for the French. Say no impossible. Uh, no chance at all. Ireland need a big performance. Uh, I say no chance. You can only go based on what you're saying. And France are a lot better. Now they, they're picking Dupont. Uh, Tumac, Who? as Goody says. Who's the first one? Dupont. Dupont. What did I say first time? I don't know. Who knows? Um, Penno on the wing. They've got some fantastic young players. Ramos at fullback's quality. He's good. 
And Ireland, to be fair, again, me and Gudu were chatting about because we love our ruggers. They're just showing cracks, aren't they? Sexton is not a happy bunny at the He minute. is angry. Yeah, yeah, he's just not enjoying it. You talk about Sexton and what came out in the press last week about him saying sometimes he does stay down and hope that the TMO reviews. That ain't Sexton. That's not Irish rugby. That's not it? rugby. The game's on its knees. <laughs> so is Sexton. Oh, oh Andy. Well yes. Is that in front of Joe Schmidt? He's on his. Oh, come on. Don't forget, you can catch uh, all this year's Six Nations action on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch this video version of this pod on there as well. Well, should we have a quick look at the premiership games that happened over the weekend? Oh, a couple of biggies, weren't there? I was at the Leicester game, Wasp game. I mean, what the smokes? Uh, <laughs> try or no try? Try? What, Big Biello? Yeah. Pick and goo? Here we go. Mate, he's gone over. He scored. Do you know what? Letter of the law and how he's asked the question, there's no way that TMO can give the try. That's why. The thing that disappointed me, and I talked JP Doyle up earlier in the season when uh, at Twickenham, Northampton played Leicester, and I believe it was a Leicester try. He rammed his head into the collapsed mall to see the ground in, like literally flew in. He wanted it. And he wanted a piece of the action. Last play of the game at Welford Road, Wasp score that at the pool level, conversion to win the game. I don't think he makes enough of an effort compared to what he's done previously in a game to get his head right in there and have a look. Maybe because it was a rubbish game. It was a poor game. It was a poor game. Lot of and errors. it was two teams that don't know how to win rugby at the minute. But you know, Leicester... Low on confidence. Leicester, Leicester showed a, They showed a lot of dog, Leicester did. Yeah, they did. And Youngsy came out on Twitter... Tom Young's in these. I don't often speak on here, but I'm very proud of the lads and all that stuff. A bit of Leicester dog spirit came out in them. And it was, you know, for them, great. Wasps were robbed. Jack Willis's try, about 10 minutes before the end, that was disallowed by the TMO. Because of the knock-on previously. I think it was Harris who picked and went and tried to score. George Worth, who's the defender, his hands were offside. And his hands knocked the ball back out of Harris's grasp. So, was it a knock I'm not even sure it was a knock-on, but he loses control because... George Worth's hands pushed the ball back, which is why the try got disallowed, but his hands were offside. So you're using the TMO to say, oh, was, is there a knock-on? But the TMO, Sean Davey, I mean, he, I, I ain't sure about him. We, we've He just makes it up as he goes along, <laughs> I reckon, Sean Davey. His hands were offside and he didn't even look at it. So it's either a penalty or a penalty try, because if your hands are offside and you prevented a try being scored, it should have been a penalty try. Um, but he missed that. You know, Loads of things that he missed and, and didn't. Joe Ford's potential knock-on. Yeah, I, I thought he that was all right. I thought it was a try. Yeah, Joe Ford's one. I thought you can, you can, you can see that given. I was happy to see Leicester win. I was there. I was there with with, with Leicester. That you need a bit of luck now and again. I was raging. Uh, I they? was there at the press conference after just eating me curry. Of course, um, still like the curry, and he was livid and rightly so. But hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and Leicester got a little bit of luck that day. Saw Youngsy after you saw how much it meant to them because they would have been in a real, real dogfight had they lost that game. Did you go into the changing rooms? No. You not have a look at the bushes and the showers? No. Jordan, no. Jordan Murphy's got a hell of a bush. I, bet, I bloody bet he has. <laughs> Toby Flood wound back the clock uh, for Newcastle as well. Though. Massive. But, yeah, it was a huge game, wasn't it? At Worcester, didn't even turn up, did they? It, it's kind of weird. Worcester know if they win that game. They've went up there over the last few years. You win that game, probably relegation's done and dusted for Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah. if it's not going to be ring-fenced. So for Worcester to be as lacklustre as they were, Newcastle, it was one of those. It's like going back to France, Scotland a few weeks ago. France were desperate and they at home produced performance. Newcastle, fair play, tough conditions. Toby Flood, my old ears, he, was, he played pretty well. Yeah. And they needed, you know, a senior player to step up. And, you know, Will Welsh made a massive difference as well. He was going around belting people. And they've missed him a lot this year. So, huge game. And now you look at the run-in, and you can actually... We both predicted Worcester to yeah, go down, we did, didn't we? Yeah. You can see, I think Newcastle have got a better run-in than, than Worcester. And Newcastle go to Wasps this weekend, so... Makes it exciting, eh? It is. Towards the end of the season. Uh, and that's why I don't agree with ring fencing. A big win in the local derby for Bristol as well. Oh, there's a yellow card to... Jason Woodward, which turned the game. That was right. So for the intercept. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think it is something. a yellow card. He's, he's gone at one house. Oh, it's definitely he's, a yellow it's card. It's gone down and then bounced off his knee and gone forward and people are like, oh, it went backwards. No, no. it's definitely a knock-on. He's never in control, Well, it's not it? even a knock-on. The fact It's the yeah. fact that he's gone for the intercept with one hand, which yeah. he can't do. So, yeah, I mean, Gloucester. And the difference, here's the difference between, you know, the question marks over Gloucester still are going to those games and winning them when they're probably expected to win. Whereas you go to Quinns, who 
by hooker by crocker are now third and going really well under guzzy they go to bath and win in the last minute um bath threw that one away as well but we'll get to that in a minute so gloucester will they make top four yeah well, i think, yeah, I think yeah, they will I now think but will, no. the only question mark is because they don't go and win those games that perhaps they're expected to yeah billy 12 bags mr easy kick in front of goal no kicks easy mate but yeah, you're right. Well, mate, you, well, they are. You saw my kick with Finn Russell, eh? How good yeah, was that? Left foot. <laughs> left foot. Left flipper. With my boots on, hailstone in, straight through the sticks. You mentioned Quinns. They're yeah. now 12 points clear of fifth place, Jim. Yes. And the bet was that James would get a tattoo of Joe Marler's face on his arse. Well, where is he? Where is the bloke? Well, he'll come back and tattoo it for you. If well, you want. If, if he starts coming regularly, you, you can't just you can't just dip in and dip out. It's a bet you made, mate. It doesn't matter well, how often you make bets well, or how often people. You made the bet. If Quinn's finishing the top four, well, you will get a tattoo I've, of Joe Marler's face on your arse. Well, are they under investigation? Because if they're not doing things legit, then I ain't getting the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no! I mean, the belief that Guzzy's given them, first and foremost, Bath. You're three points up or whatever it was. You've won a penalty with 30 seconds to go. Can't fottle it. He comes on, wins the penalty. Kick the penalty to touch, win the line out, boot the ball out, game over. First, the kick to touch went absolutely nowhere. It's like a shank off his shin or something. Priestland didn't put any length on it at all. Then they lose the line out. And then Nathan Earl and my old Willie. Oh, my microphone. Scores hell of a try in the corner. And the boys are going mad. And fair play to Quinns. And the different, you know... We've talked about how tight the league is. Bath, I think, have lost the last two games in the last minute. Quinns are starting to pick up these victories that perhaps, you know, in the tight games, it's like Newcastle last year, they won a load of games in the last minute. You, they ended up in fourth this year. They haven't been winning those games. They're bottom of the league, and that's the difference. It's same with, look at Wasps. You know, they'd win tight games last year. This year, they're losing them. Yeah, Quinns are going well. Guzzi is doing a hell of a job, because last year, with a very similar squad, they were a shambles. Uh, this year, they've got belief. They've got confidence. And Guzzy is some bloke. Well, should we have a look at the rumours? You guys got anything floating around at the moment? I have, yeah. Saracens broke the salary cap. Oh, that's good. a rumour, mate. Mate, don't, don't get you've. I reckon you've got a little bit more money than me. Genuinely, like you're still richer than me. So I don't know why you keep being all about <laughs> what, what's that. What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> Saracens broke the salary cap because well, you, you lived in a four million pound house rent free for two years. Well, it weren't. It was in Luton, but very different. <laughs> uh, rumour mill. Sean Edwards was spotted absolutely obliterating bins outside the kebabish. He was tackling him into next week, screaming blitz. In Cov. And who's in Cov, Andy Rowe? The Mighty. Wasps. Yeah, the Mighty Wasps, yeah. Oh, you're calling Wasps Mighty now, Jim? Yeah, thank well, you. Sean Edwards there, they might be, if they don't go bust. But clearly they're not <laughs> if they're bringing Sean Edwards in. No yeah. comment. I don't know no anything. Comment. I don't know Well, anything. that's the rumour. No comment. We're, we're giving rumours. Uh, what else are we... Cipriani. Why are you going to leave Gloucester, mate? This ain't a rumor. You're ruining the show. This, that's not a rumor. He ain't going to leave, is he? He's got a two-year contract at, at Gloucester. But, but maybe Gloucester don't want him. Maybe, maybe no, they Gloucester don't. Gloucester, oh, Gloucester, Gloucester want him. I don't know where this has come from, um, except for, well, it's a rumor mill, but he's got another year at Gloucester. When I went to interview him for Patreon.com, um, he said he was talking about an extension there. His choice, he ain't going to Quinns. He ain't leaving Gloucester to go to Quinns. He's either staying at Gloucester or he's going abroad. I'd be sad to see him go, but yeah. I would understand why he would but if you're Gloucester you're doing everything to keep him he ain't, he ain't even got his own house he's living with Henry Trinder and Trinder's wife and the dog he can't do his washing I'll tell you that why well when I went down to see him he's like I need to find a laundrette I'm like you what he went yeah 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 with Trinders are there he's like just wash the you get home he goes I don't know how to <laughs> didn't know how to wash his own kit he's putting his pants in the washing machine he's coming out with a pair of knickers I thought <laughs> Trinders wife's thong what else have we got mate no big ones other ones people have heard Cabanaro to Quinns spending big. What's going on at Quinns? Where are you getting all your money? <laughs> Why are you so angry with Quinns? Like, what's happened? Are they breaking the salary cap? I don't know. You t- what? Do, what do you mean? I don't what know. What do you mean I they're breaking think... the salary cap? No, I didn't say they are. Oh, Dan Carter failed his medical at Racing, didn't he? Mm. Mate, he's fucked. Lovely looking bloke. His body must be absolutely fucked. So that's not happening, mate. None to write home about. Luke Wallace to Leicester. There's a few others flying about, but yeah, I'm exhausted with the state of the game at the minute. You said before. You got, you got your mojo back. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> so now you're exhausted after sitting next to me for half an hour. Mm. The good, the bad, and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by the guys at Budgie Smuggler. Summer is coming, and that means it's the season to be smuggling. Our friends at Budgie Smuggler have got a deal going on for all Rugby Pod listeners. Just quote Rugby Pod, and they'll do a custom design for you free of charge. The minimum order is only 10 units, so it'll work for a Sevens team as well. 
Or if you just like one of their standard range, uh, then enter the code RugbyPod at their checkout at budgiesmugglerUK.com and they'll give you a free overnight shipping. Imagine me and you running down the beach in Budgie, Jim. fine, mate. Imagine you. I can't run, to be honest. Wow. Mate, the udders literally. <laughs> and can you imagine? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, plenty of good this week. Uh, we'll start off. We haven't touched on it yet. Super Rugby is back. Super Touch. We'll go quickly over to the Southern Hemisphere and talk about it. The Crusaders. They beat the Reds away 22 points to 12, setting a tournament record for most wins in a row. 18 on the spin for the Crusaders. Uh, the Sunwolves, we've given them some stick at times in the bad. They beat the Chiefs 30-15 away in Hamilton. Their first ever away victory, so that was pretty special. Um, let's go over to a bit of the uh, Pro 14, shall we? Benetton beat Edinburgh 18-10 and are now second in Conference B, ahead of Ulster, Scarlets and Edinburgh. So, tip of the shoes to them, eh, Jim? Mate, tip of the slippers to tip them, Tip of the slippers. It's all been going well since you went over there, James, for the Rugby Explorer hashtag. Guilty. There we go. Uh, what else was good this week? Newcastle got their must-win victory over Worcester to stay in the Premiership hunt and get try and pull themselves away from relegation. Quinns winning away at Bath. We don't often mention Quinns in the good, but I feel we should. Nathan Earl and his ma- massive piece uh, getting the winner. Jim's tattoo is getting ever closer. Uh, shout out to Joe Simpson making his 250th appearance for Wasps. That was pretty good. And then in that game itself, Marcus Watson's individual try. Outstanding bit of brilliance. A little bit of the top 14. And two clubs. Toulouse made it 12 straight league games unbeaten. They just don't know how to lose, do they? Exactly, Jim, as well said. Uh, setting a new top 14 record. Uh, Racing 92. Dominated La Rochelle, 50 points to 14. And especially shouting out to Teddy Thomas. He ain't good enough for Jack Brunel's French team at the minute because he picks a centre on the wing. But Teddy Thomas ripped it up for Racing 92. But for me, the good this week goes to a man called Nassi Manu. I know him. He's back in the Pro 14. So he's a Benetton forward uh, and Tongan international. Uh, he's back in training after undergoing surgery and chemotherapy for testicular cancer. He wants to make the Tongan World Cup squad. Um, so to see him and hear about him being back in training, mixing it with the boys, is great news. Hopefully he's come through everything uh, that he has this year with chemo and, and the operation and everything, and we can see him finish the season and then get on the plane to Japan and be representing Tonga in the World Cup. So the good this week goes to Nasi Manu, back fit and firing, hopefully. Very good. The bad. Uh, New Zealand rugby, Andy Rowe. <laughs> You absolute mugs. Three Kiwi teams losing at the weekend in Super Touch. That's pretty bad. Bath, they were bad in the last 30 seconds. Had the game won, chucked it away. Worcester, pretty bad. Could have shut the door on Newcastle in terms of relegation, but didn't even turn up. Uh, What else was bad? Ospreys. We mentioned them earlier, but they've lost six on the spin and took a 46 points to five drubbing over in Connacht. All the news and rumours about merging with the Scarlets. It's not been a good couple of weeks for the Ospreys. We've got to mention it. What? The news breaking about Saracens and the salary cap. Is that bad? We don't know. We don't don't know, know. but we're going to throw it in there. But the bad this week, for me, goes to 4G pitches. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Anyone see Alex Mitchell's leg? Horrid. Yeah. When when they come bad, they are bad. So that was a bad one. That was awful. I don't know, because the 4G pitches is a weird one, because I've had burns... Like that from grass, from hard grass, gritty. You know, I got cellulitis on Gloucester's pitch. Actually, cellulite. You got a lot of cellulite. No, what is it? Septus cellulitis, some blood infection thing. Septicemia. Septicemia. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, something where I was in hospital on drip from the Gloucester pitch because it was sandy and minging. Cellulitis. Is it cellulitis? (laughs) No, James. Septicemia (laughs) is what you're talking about. I love Jim. I love Jim Hamilton. I'm gonna say it here. You're just an amazing bloke, oh, James. You knows, put a smile mate. on my face every day. Mate, but stop bagging salaries, mate. Just I'm not bagging up everything. The bad this week goes to 4G pitches and the state of Alex Mitchell's legs and shin burns. Uh, the ugly, two bits of ugly this week. Obviously, the big fallout between World Rugby and the rumours that have come out that we spoke about earlier with this World League and potentially keeping the Pacific Islanders out of a 12-team league uh, that's pretty ugly and, and what's been said about that but for me the ugly this week goes to australia's woman's captain liz patu who's been banned for six weeks for biting in a match between queensland and western australia on saturday certain players have been accused of biting and hasn't been found guilty but liz you cannot go onto a rugby field and bite people you've been banned for six weeks it's ugly keep that and spitting out the game <laughs> 
Oh, so ugly. Thanks, Goody. And uh, you've got a quick shout-out to finish too, don't you? You certainly have. Uh, yeah, just a quick shout-out to Liam Brady and the boys at De Montfort University who are playing Leicester University this week at Welford Road in the annual Varsity game. They're all coming to our live show in Leicester where all proceeds are going to the Hambo Foundation. They just wanted us to say a big... Who the fuck are Leicester Uni? Give them hell, boys. You what? You what? Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. Thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Review us on iTunes. And check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the Pod. Get it? Get it? And before we go, a quick shout-out for an Island v Wales preview live event happening in Dublin next Thursday, the 14th of March at Kennedy's Pub with friend of the pod, Andy Powell, as well as Fergus McFadden and Luke Fitzgerald. Tickets for that event are on Eventbrite, so go and check that out. And we'll see everyone else in Dublin on Wednesday evening for our annual live pod there, Rugby Pod. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod.